Welcome to Fail Up Africa, the podcast where we talk about all things failure. That's right. This is a podcast and this is a space where we share stories and experiences dealing with and learning from failure. Each episode, we sit down with a new guest, an African trailblazer who unmasks what it really means to fail and what we can do about it. And that's everything from schooling to academics to careers to starting a business and even personal relationships. This is a space where we can get vulnerable, but with a dose of humor. Join us in getting real about failure. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages on the African continent and beyond. Welcome back to Fail Up Africa, the podcast. I will be your host. My name is Boniface Amina, also known as the local noisemaker. And once again, super excited to be back here speaking to you guys and speaking to Another fantastic set of guests that we have here for the second episode of the Post-Virtual Experience Challenge. This series has given us an amazing opportunity to get to hear from the participants of the Post-Virtual Experience that we've been running here at Philip Africa. And this is again yet another chance for us to hear some of the incredible work that they're doing with their initiatives and bringing together their communities to connect and shape their different perspectives on failure through their experiences right, and through the work that they get to do and engage with together. Today is another episode, as mentioned, where we get to hear from two of these participants who are based in the country of Kenya. And our guests are phenomenal trailblazers, and this particular group is known as Failabration, which is an event that celebrates things that did not go so well. And we get a chance to hear from Emmanuel and Sybil joining us in here today. Emmanuel, how are you doing? I am doing very, very, very well, Boniface. Um, I'm glad to be here. Um, I don't know. When I had of when I got the email for this podcast, I was very excited because I thought that um the the fail up experience had actually ended with the uh with the actual project. So I was very excited to hear about the podcast and I honestly couldn't wait. So I'm really, really glad and I hope that we'll have a really, really good conversation. Um, yeah, we'd like to tell you about what we've been doing. Um, our group is called Shiriki and Failabration was the event. So, yeah, we hope to share a lot. Awesome. Sibyl, how are you feeling today? Hi, Boniface. Um, I'm feeling really great. Um, thankful to be here to have this session. It's been a while since I sat down to record a podcast. I'm usually very, very... Um, very loud person in terms of opinions and stances so yeah um the journey has been interesting yeah of the journey for the entire celebration and i think it will be nice to unpack it in this setting so looking forward to interacting with you guys Definitely. This is exactly the platform where you can be very loud with your opinions and we definitely do embrace that as well. Um, you mentioned that Philobation was an event um, that was done by your, your project known as Shiriki. Emmanuel, I want to give you a chance to tell us more about this. How did this group come up and what has the journey been so far? I thank you very much, Boniface. And well, in, 20, in 2018... Um, Shiriki was formed um, as part of a larger project or a larger program called uh, the Taifatewile Network, which is a leadership program. So Shiriki was formed to, to give the opportunity to volunteers and facilitators 
um, to interact with professional issues such as um, getting prepared for the job market, um, professionalism, um, further leadership skills, and so on and so forth, because the group is of young people, say the age of um, 18 to 25 to 30. So Shiriki was formed to um, equip them with skills. But then in 2020, when it was um, sort of reinvented because it had gone dormant, it now became a space where people come to share their thoughts, um, opinions, and perspectives. So the mission of Shiriki is simply to curate events and experiences that enable different kinds of people um, of different ages in Kenya um, to come together and um, have a discourse in interesting and creative ways. So Shiriki has consistently running from 2020. Um, it, it runs as a monthly event. So we started online because of Corona. And then when Corona ended, we started alternating online and physical sessions. And ever since we've been having conversations monthly, um, consistently, I think we've only missed, say, two or one or two months. And um, over time, we have come to realize that young people actually yearn for spaces where they can um, talk about the economy, where they can talk about the political issues, and so on and so forth. So in a nutshell, that's Shirik. It's a community of a few hundred young people that keeps on growing. And um, I could go on and on. Awesome. Thanks for sharing, Emmanuel. And that's, that's definitely a large community. And we'd, we're looking forward to hear how you guys have just been navigating some of the highs and lows when it comes to, to building a community such as that and more so just maintaining the consistency that you've, that you've mentioned. Sibyl, I'd love for you to tell us a bit about why this mission is important to you and how has the experience been like bringing on board other people onto this mission and sharing with others and really cultivating this community? Thank you, um, thank you for the question. Um, why it is important, first of all, to me, I think um, I joined Missiati and a friend of ours called Alvin, who started the Shiriki organization in the beginning. I joined them later in 2020. And at that time, I had lost myself. I, I, had, I had forgotten who I was. I had forgotten my purpose. And so it sort of helped me to fulfill things that made me feel fulfilled. It kind of helped me do things that made me feel like I'm a person, feel like I'm contributing to society. So I think it is important to me because it helps me to fulfill my purpose here on earth, which is to bring life and love to people and to help them find their purposes in their own lives. So I feel like Shiriki helps us to to do that with ourselves and with other people every time our community grows. Um, we were, we started as three facilitators and right now we are um, around seven or eight facilitators who are there permanently planning for all the sessions and running the ins and outs of Shiriki. So I feel like over time it has been, um, uh, we started with that, we, like having 20 people come for meetings earlier on. Um, we went to 30s, we went to 40s, you know, like we've been climbing um, in terms of um, in terms of we've been climbing the ladder in terms of numbers. And the more the community grows, you imagine that you're going to need more from yourself. You imagine that you, it's going to take a lot more for you to deal 
with the people. But then you realize it's just the same thing. You know, it's just the same energy that you're giving because it is a genuine energy. It is authentic. It will always be there for as many people as come as, as they come. Like sometimes you organize an event and you're like, oh my God, um, what if we actually get numbers that are, you know, like higher than the last time? So we're like, how are we going to manage that? And then we get to the event and it is actually higher than that. And then we actually do really well. So I feel like with time, it teaches us growth. It has taught us how to um deal with growth in real life even, um, deal with changes that occur, deal with different kinds of people because you know when people come for a shiriki event um they're they're sort of coming to their community and you know when people are in a place where they feel at home they tend to have some um some of our vices tend to come up so dealing with that has been a challenge because sometimes people's vices um tend to overwhelm them and therefore we have to damage control and i think um it's difficult because you know sometimes there are people who are a bit older than us because our our crowd is is from like um let's say 18 to 40s um in between their 20s 30s so you know like you have to deal with people differently so i feel like mostly it has been about the growth and maturity that we have gained along this journey thank you so much no, I definitely resonate with with what you mentioned about what the power of community can do for an individual when you know we're in certain mental spaces where we don't really know, like we're not, we're not really confident in some of the decisions that we're making. We're not really sure about how how much progress we're making in life and just navigating that aspect of self management and and self leadership, right? And that entire relationship with ourselves and the communities that we the people that we hang around, the people that we surround ourselves with do play such an instrumental role in in lifting our spirits and you know, getting us to, to step two, step three, and, and so on and so forth. The event it, that we want to talk about today is celebration. And on to understand the premise of this, um, the event is meant to celebrate the things that did not go well. And essentially, the whole context of failure when it comes to, to some of the things that we that we go through in life. Um, Emmanuel, for us to understand how you guys came about the idea for this event and executed it, what do we need to know about your own individual relationship with failure and how your individual journey has been navigating failure? Oh, you, you really went right right in the middle of it. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Growing up, I never encountered failure alone. Um, so all through high school, I would say my success rate was quite high. Um, I think... I don't know, something about childhood and maybe how I did things was really, really good. Um, but then when I went to university, um, I encountered a different environment. Um, I had taken a course that I wasn't sure of and many other factors. But the point of this short story is I encountered my biggest failure in university in a way um, when I decided to change my course. I was doing electrical engineering. Um courtesy of my faculties then I was okay with it but then after two years of it I was I had to rethink my I don't know my life purpose and um, so that is failure maybe for those who might not understand how that is failure in my family context because you do not start something and not finish or you do not it's literally considered dropping out regardless of whether you're going to take another course which I did but it's 
until up until you encounter success that equals that academic success it shall always be considered failure so coming up from a background where i had never failed especially academically academically um i think that was my biggest failure and i battled with it a lot and up until the up until the encounter of this ex, this experience or the encounter of failure africa and the proposal of us creating an experience around failure to be very honest i had never created a culture of patiently and kindly sitting with myself and considering how i have felt when i have failed you know it's almost as if i hit a stumble fall a bit and i the next thing i want to do is stand up and keep on running so i think that had been my way of life but well life is life and this is how we encountered fail up africa which now um got us to think about how we can do shiriki in a way that changes people's mindset around failure so i think in the first um after we got the confirmation the first session that we had when we were brainstorming um something that struck us was that fact that um in african setting maybe not to generalize in most of african settings um failure is frowned upon it's not spoken about it is swept under the rug it is shamed so we were like if that's the extreme then let's do the extreme too let's celebrate failure but in essence this celebration comes with a tool set insights perspectives of managing failure differently and of course this is positively so that's how it sort of came about i don't know if sibyl has anything else to add but we just thought we 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 really hide failure in the dark so let's put it to light and the best way we can do it is call it a celebration so celebration um for the things that did not go right but then we come we package this with um some perspectives and insights and tools yeah. that someone can use to manage failure better yeah thanks for sharing that emmanuel and you hit the nail on the head when you do the illustrations with the education system and that's something that our previous guest um faith who is running the chess club with her colleague Elvis mentioned and our other guests on on Philip Africa the podcast have spoken about just the narrative about failure that can be driven by the education system and the people rather the, the educators the teachers who interact with and you can definitely see where you're coming from with that one um Sibel I'd love to give you a chance to share on your individual relationship with failure and how how have you noticed it either shift or develop over the course of the work you've been doing with with Shirika and more specifically celebration. Uh thank you Benefice for that question. Um yeah, uh Mr. Tia was my classmate in school in engineering school. Anyway, uh that that's that's a failure that should happen. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Once upon a time. <laughs> uh so um I think for me the failure that I that has hurt me the most or that really hit me the most was the one that I got in form 4 which um technically is not really a failure but to say it is a failure because okay when we were finishing high school um doing the final national exams um I was a really great student in school and yeah we were all great students all prepared for the exams but then we had that there was going to be um 
like the paper, the people are going to get the paper before the papers, like before paper, the, the paper, the, the exam is going to leak. So I said, no, me, I'm not going to cheat in exams because I'm a good girl. I'm a school captain. I'm, I go to church. I, I, I my parents are, are pastors. Um, <laughs> Oh my god, he just switched his video on to laugh. <laughs> oh my god, you guys are terrible. Oh god. <laughs> no, carry on, carry on, carry on, civil. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um I said no 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 no, I'm not going to do that. Um so I did my exams like a bright student, like a good student. I was in like six in my school. Um, so I was expecting to get 84 points. This entire time I was like, I'm going to get 84 points because I've worked hard. And part of the reason is because I was like, I, I can't just do that. I've worked hard. I can't just throw all that away. So yeah. So the results came out and I had an A minus. That's one. I'm not a clean A. I had an A minus of 77 points and I wasn't even in the top 30 of my school. Like, I was yeah, so you can imagine everyone my mark because everyone was expecting my marks, waiting for my marks because you know like I was captain, no one really liked me so much. So like even towards the end they wanted and then and then you pull the sheet of um not cheating when the rest of us are cheating, like come on. So yeah, so I think I think they had had it with me. So when when the results came out, everyone, my marks were everywhere and people were celebrating. And so, yeah, so I missed out on, I, I had wanted to go to MIT to do my engineering in MIT. Uh, I could not even get into the highest, the best university in this country, like on job, like being paid for by the government. Um, so my dreams had to change. Um, I had to change my whole life. Like I had to, and then after that, during the selection I also messed up even the universities that I was choosing. So I missed the first selection that guys were getting universities. I had to redo again and pick the courses that had remained after everyone had selected. And at that time, you know, I'm quarreling and fighting with my family because what the hell is that? Like, what? Wh why did you not do it? Like, why did you not do it? Like, you know, we always see yourself as a know-it-all and all that. So, like, I was, I felt so alone and so lonely because even my boyfriend at that time had cheated. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think that is the greatest one because yeah, I had to be thrown off. I didn't even get a university in Nairobi. I went to Mo University in Eldoret, like, and it was terrible. It was terrible. It was terrible. Um, so I think by that was in 2016 when I joined university. So I think joining by 2020. So that is four years of depression, like three years of depression. Um, I failed now my second year as an as an, a civil engineering student. Um, I had to repeat. Now, um, yeah, I think. That was it. You see, the first one was an A minus. It's not really a failure to a lot of people, but you're 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 failed. Like you failed. So um yeah, my parents had to come to school. That that was the first time in my life my parents were coming to school because of bad results. My dad was was not believing. He was like, wrong marks, servers, open the servers. Like this child here, uh, uh, this these are not her marks, you know. And at that time, I think I was just lost. I was completely lost. I was I was at the lowest, lowest point of my life. And then COVID hit. 
after that. So I repeated, yeah, I repeated second year in the same school um, with the same boys that I used to not pick their calls and stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I survived that year there. And, uh, and then now COVID hit. And then now I, I Miss Theati invited me to join Shiriki. And then, um, you know, COVID was bad because COVID made us face our demons and really, really face our mental issues without running away anymore. So I think that's when I started now facing my failures and understanding and forgiving and, you know, like taking responsibility of things and seeing them clearly. You know, I, I realized I had held grudges, you know, for my parents, for, for my teachers, you know, my schoolmates, uh, myself. Um, so I had to deal with all that yeah. as I was doing Shiriki because Shiriki is a monthly thing. So like every month you're, you're working through issues, other people's issues, and somehow you have to work through your own issues if you're going to facilitate other people's issues. So I think along the way, um, we've done Shiriki now, this is the fourth year, and I'm like, yeah, this is this is the fruit of failure. It's not, it's not mm. that bad. It's not that bad. Like, yeah, and when people come back and say, you know, you changed my life, Shiriki changed my life, and you're like, yeah, it's not that bad. I didn't die from any of those failures, um, and I'm still here, so... Thank you. I love that. Thank you so much for being vulnerable with us, Sibyl. Um, and as we as we come to the end of this, I'd love to give you a chance for, for, for our parting shots. What we'd love to understand from you, Sibyl, is you, you mentioned different people who formed part of this community that, that you were part of, right? Whether it's your parents, teachers, you know, your colleagues. You mentioned, you know, how the role that you know, Emmanuel played in your life. Um, what do you feel is one thing that our communities can do better to improve how young people navigate failure, and is there anything that you guys are doing with fail, um, with celebration and Shiriki as a whole that is modeling this for others? I think um, that that's a, that's a really beautiful question. I think yeah, we have more to do as society, but specifically, I think we should be able to create homes where people are accepted even without with failure, like where you do not have to impress your family members for you to be loved. You do not have to be the best for you to be worthy of attention and care and love. Like let's create homes where people know that even if I fail, when I go out there, I can still come back home because that's usually the hardest part. And that's why some people even end up killing themselves because they are afraid of going back home with a failure. For me, I thank God that my family even though I have complained here, but my family kind of accepts that, kind of allows failure. No, not, okay, not to, to, to the degree that maybe we would like as children, but I feel like we, we are continuing to grow in that. And it would be really nice if society did that more often. Even with our friends, they don't have to impress us for us to love them. They don't have to be the richest for us to love them. They don't have to be the most talented. For like, It should just be, people should just be deserving of love and care and affection just because they are people. I love that. That's that's very real. Um, I love your answer, Sybil. Emmanuel, you, you also mentioned similar experiences in the school system. What do you think about what Sibylla said? And is there anything you'd love to add on as well? Yeah, thank you very much, um, Omina. Sibyl has said it as it should be said. She's 
nipped it on the bud. I don't know. I think that's what they say. Um, it's very important that we we really, really talk about failure in our families, with our parents, with our brothers and sisters, because as Sibyl said, um, we are most afraid of the people around us seeing us as failures. And um, something that uh, we have learned through the experience, as I tie to the experience, is <clears throat> most people don't want to tell their friends that, oh, I failed because they look, you know, they look weak, they look, but that is mostly what we have thought about you know it's it's what we have sort of known to be normal so as Sibyl is saying through celebration we are trying number one to tell people that you can form healthy communities around the things that you do so that you are able to share your goals and then you are also able to share your progress including the failures um another thing that we would like to pair this up with um and as seen through the experience is people don't um talk about their failures and so they don't share how they are coping with failure to other people so through the experience what we try to expose the participants to is um forming pairs we were in groups um they had um accountability partners um it doesn't stop there we have to talk to each other about how did you cope with your extreme overwhelming feeling of failure yesterday morning so did you run? Did you Did you go to the gym? Uh, did you reconsider tracking down your progress? Um, did you try a habit tracker app? Can we share that habit tracker app so that we keep each other in check? So through Failabration, we were able to share these tools with participants and they were able to give us feedback that number one, when we learn about how we can deal with failure, then we are able to nav navigate failure better. So most of them appreciated being partnered up. Most of them appreciated um, feedback forms through which they were able to monitor their progress. And most of them appreciated just the mere conversations they had. And then very quickly, um, I think where we've been hurt most by not talking about failure and just helping people understand that it is a normal process to success is that we have gotten a community or a generation where people are afraid to try. So my parting shot would be, let's talk more about failure because we then get more comfortable with trying more and more. And it's a no-brainer, it's a law of nature that the more we try, then the more we learn to the correct answer. So let's fail, but let's keep on trying. You've summed it up really, really well, Emmanuel. Thank you so much for, for your take on this. And you guys have been a, a fantastic uh, group of guests thank you so much for hanging out with me here on the podcast to our listeners hope you guys have learned a thing or three or four or five from these two amazing guests and the work that they're doing do engage with us on social media on instagram at philip africa um, on our website at philipafrica.com and you know we'd love to hear your comments on the work that emmanuel and and sibyl are doing um, guys if people would want to learn more about you guys and get in touch online where can they find you at shiriki254 on instagram there we go at shiriki254 on instagram sibyl is there anything else you'd you to add on that no it's just that shiriki254 nothing instagram. Okay. <laughs> awesome once again thank you so much for hanging out with me guys and shout out to the work that you guys um, are doing so lovely listeners we'll get we'll catch you guys on the next episode see you